Hello and welcome to the Excel Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. If you are new to my show or new to my business, please check me out on the web at www.xelbooks.com and you will discover the many services that I have to offer to help you take your business to the next level. Um, I want to jump right into today. Um, Today is going to be a really, how can I put it? It's going to be a touchy topic. It's going to be touchy. Why? Because it's happening to me right now. And I think that um, I think you could be blessed by it. I want to talk to you about being courageous, being courageous, and specifically in the realm of the coronavirus. So, and I know you're like, Molly, didn't you do an episode about this like last season? I did. But something happened recently and I thought I need to revisit this. So as you know, this um, pandemic, unless you've been living under a rock, um, there's a pandemic going on and um, it's called COVID and it is wreaking havoc over the lives of humanity. And it is showing up out of nowhere. Um, it's like an invisible disease. You know, you can't even tell it's coming and until it's already there. And we just finished our Thanksgiving holiday. So the last time I spoke with you guys, I was giving you encouragement, you know, how to take on these holidays and all of this without stress. And I found myself having to exercise that um, right after the holiday. So you know, for those of you wondering, I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I ate all the food I needed to and all the turkey and fish and greens and two sweet potato pies. You know, I just grubbed and grubbed and grubbed uh, gluten-free style. I was eating heavenly, probably the best gluten-free mac and cheese I've ever made in my life. It was fantastic. Got to see family, um, you know, such a blessing. Um, so it was good. It was good for me. Um, but something happened the day after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, my hubby got sick. Yeah, he had a sore throat. And, you know, most people would look and think nothing of it, but I know my husband doesn't get sore throats often. So when I saw it, my my spirit man awakened. Um, for those of you trying to figure out what do I mean by spirit man, you know, I'm I'm a believer in God. I'm You know, he is my savior. He's my king, my Lord, my everything. And, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of alerted me and said, I need you to start taking precautions for your health now. You know, extra vitamin C, extra water, start taking the cold medicine, get your booster shot, go get it now. And so I did, you know, so I rested and I, you know, I started taking medicine for me. I took care of my husband, obviously. Um, scheduled my booster shot for that Sunday. By the time Sunday got here, my husband was getting worse. It went from sore throat to coughing all day, all night, to sudden spike in fever of 103. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I remember looking at him thinking, okay, I think I know exactly what this is. I'm not going to speak it because I'm going to speak life over my husband. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm going to treat him as best as I can in the natural while I believe God in the spirit realm. 
And, you know, we saw the doctor and they're like, I think you should get tested. We're like, no problem. Um, I went, got my booster shot and, um, we were trying to get him tested that day and things didn't work out because of appointments that you have to do to get tested and whatever. So he went the following day and got tested and sure enough, he has COVID. Now, when that happened, there's something that kicked in in me that for me, I've, I've been this way my whole life, so it's natural, but it dawned on me that it's not natural for everyone. And I think to, to explain this, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I did and then I'm going to tell you where, how it kind of began in me. When I got the news, the first thing that kicked in in, in me was courage like my default response, kind of like, you know, somebody touches a stove and their default response, you know, if it's hot is to say, ow, my default response was, okay, we've got this. Like, it's just in my blood. And so when he said he had COVID, I said, okay, well, we know the drill. We know what to do. We've got this. I've been preparing for a year and a half in the event something like this would happen. I've got all the medicine, I've got the tissues and the Clorox wipes and the sanitizer, I've got our mask, I've got extra stuff for mask, I've got our nebulizer, I've got everything to make us a pretty much hospital at home. Um, you know, we prepared and I knew where to get tested, be taken at home. Um, I had all these things because I knew, I wasn't hoping it would happen, but you know, you know, the, the Bible says, be ye also ready. Um, and I really believe in that. And I just believe in being ready for anything. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I do believe in being prepared. And so when I heard the news, I said, okay, well, we know what to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to stay here with us? Or do you want to go back to your other property until the quarantine phase is over? And, you know, he says, I want to go back to the other property. I don't want to get you guys any sicker than I possibly have exposed you already. I'm like, okay, we got this. And immediately I went into, I don't know, I, I guess it's, you know how they talk about fight or flight mode. I think I went into fight mode. Um, all my instincts kick in. All the gifts and skills that I have, they kick in when adversity happens when challenges happen it's like all of that kicks into me first and the emotions don't hit until days days later sometimes weeks later um so here it was i was like okay we got this i'm like okay what do you need at your house let's get a box let's start putting things there we'll put it on the porch and that way if you want you can pick it up and take it to the house or we'll drop it off at the property you're going to be at and then you'll have it we're fine. I ordered, as soon as I got the news, I ordered the test for me and the kids to get tested, you know, re-sanitized the house because I've been sanitizing like crazy since then and re-sanitized again, you know, communicated and we stopped, drop and roll. Like we, we did it. Now, are we out of the woods? No, we're not out of the woods yet. Um, you know, my hubby is still fighting, you know, he's recovering, he's doing very well. Um, you know, he's talking and breathing and all that, and he's got everything that he needs and then some, and he's fine. And I can say that, you know, I have peace in my spirit. 
Um, and I just keep going, you know, now I know very well what this means. Um, for me, this means, you know, monitoring him, giving him every bit of care I possibly can, um, making sure that he lacks no good thing, um, making sure that I am there to support him for anything, being ready to take off work or, you know, it means that I need to be super mom and care for kids and make sure that they have everything they need, that they have peace and comfort in their minds so that they don't feel the slightest bit of stress or worry um, regarding what's happening to our family. And for me, it's second nature to do this. And I never thought of it as a big thing until somebody told me years ago, they said, you're courageous. You just, you don't get unrattled by things. And I, I want to talk about this from two perspectives. Number one, how to be courageous in the face of really challenging circumstances. And two, uh, what courage is not. Because um, I think it's important to have that balance. So how to be courageous. To be courageous, you have to face what's in front of you. What do I mean by that? A lot of people think that courage means denial or that courage means, well, we're not speaking it. That's not exactly what courage is. Courage is, I see what's happening. I don't agree with it, but I'm going to do everything I can to attack this thing, regardless of what the outcome is. That's courage. Courage is, I may be trembling, but I'm still going to fight it. That's courage. Uh, courage is, I don't have the answers and I have no idea where to start, but I'm not just going to sit here and let it overtake me. I'm going to research, ask questions, whatever I got to do, I'm going to find something and I'm going to exercise that. That's courage. Um, I have been this way since I was a kid. Um, the most significant uh, memory I have of me being quote unquote courageous was during a time when my pastor stepped down from the church and passed the baton to another leader that we had at the church. And this was really hard for me because I had, and I remember at the time it was really hard because this was, this was a church that I had been looking for my whole life. This was a, a man of God that I really felt was called specifically to help me become a better human being. And to hear that he was stepping down at the time, I mean, it, it shook our, our church to our core. Um, we had people in mourning. We had people who left the church the minute they found out that he stepped down. We had people who uh, were excited for the change. People, you know, everybody had a different way of processing it. My default response is always survivor mode. My first thought was the, the youth. I, I was a youth leader at the time. And I was one of the, the team captains for our youth uh, leaders. And my first thought at the time was, our youth are going to be feeling concerned. I want to give them comfort. Our youth leaders might feel lost. There has to be something stable. I'm going to be there to help them. 
I was immediately thinking about them. Thinking of me hadn't even processed yet. I wanted to make sure that everyone was at a point where they were okay. So I immediately went back to my um, youth wing and, you know, comforted the youth and made sure that I didn't miss a single time that I was serving. Matter of fact, I served on days that I wasn't even scheduled. Um, I went above and beyond to pour love into them. I checked on my leaders, you know, everything, because I wanted to make sure that no one was sinking on my watch. Now, this took time because this was a big transition for us. But once it took about probably like a month. After a month, everybody was kind of calm. Everybody kind of made it through. Everybody was kind of, you know, finding their way. They weren't happy, but they were functioning. They could function without falling apart. No different than when we had the big shutdown, right? After about a month, people kind of settled like, okay. We're either going to stay, you know, whatever they were going to do, they had made their decision of what they were going to do and they did it. Now, after everyone else was settled, that's when my feelings kicked in. And I'm saying this because I know there's someone listening that says, oh my gosh, I'm the strong one in the family and people think I have no feelings and that's not true. I do have feelings. Um, I understand your feeling. I was still courageous, but all of a sudden my feelings kicked in because I didn't have anyone else to serve. I didn't have anyone else that was in need. There was, you know, there was no one else that I had to go save, so to speak. So there was only thing left was me. And boy, when it was left with me, I broke down. I broke down. I remember I was driving on the highway and ended up getting on the nearest exit and I just pulled over because I was just wailing and weeping and just, oh my gosh, and I don't want my pastor to go and I just love my pastor and who's going to feed me the word? How am I going to learn? You know, what? where do we go from here? Who's going to, you know, I was like, this isn't right. I want to go where he goes and I can't afford to go where he goes. And just all these things were going through my head. And I remember when I had this emotional breakdown, I was emotionally distraught for probably about a week. And people were like, what's wrong with you? And I remember feeling so awkward at that moment because I thought, I don't know how to explain to them that it's just now hitting me a month later. Because they're looking like, wow, like the whole time they kept saying, man, you are so strong. I don't know how you do it, but man, I'm learning from you. And the whole time I'm like, no, trust me, I have feelings too. It's going to kick in. It just hasn't yet. That's not how God made me. God made me to, I'm the person that if I saw somebody in a burning building, my first thought is go save them. And then after they're saved and they're okay, then it's going to dawn on me that I'm in screeching pain because my skin is scorched off. That's how I'm wired. And I remember looking at them and I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you. But I'm, it's, it's hit me. And I'm having a hard time. And that's a perfect segue for me to talk to you about what courage is not. Courage is not the absence of emotion. I want to say that again. Courage is not the absence of emotion. It's very misleading to think that, you know, oh, well, courageous people, they're not afraid of anything. That is not true. 
um, you can be terrified and be courageous at the same time. Um, you know, I, I think about the scientists right now, you know, just relating it to the pandemic. Think about the scientists who are, you know, or the chemist, I guess is maybe a more accurate title, um, who in the beginning at the height of this pandemic had to work to come up with a solution while they're watching people die all around them. While they're watching that no one has any solution and we're just dying in droves and droves and droves. They had to be courageous and I'm sure they were terrified like, oh my gosh, if we don't come up with a solution, what's going to happen to humanity? Um, you know, regardless of whether they want to take the vaccine or not, we've got to have some kind of option because if we don't, the people who want to live can't. So now what? What if I didn't learn enough in school? What if I'm not as smart as I thought? What if I don't, you know, what if I can't do it? What if it's beyond our capability to figure it out? It takes a lot of courage to, to go through that. I'm sure there were points where they were terrified. Where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm testing it on people and hoping that it works and then watching them die anyway. That's got to be terrifying. The pressure alone um, to come up with the vaccine, you know, um, aside from the people that are treating them in hospitals and all that and thank God for all of them. But I'm just, you know, dialing it back. Okay, somebody had to create this thing. Someone had to have the patience. Someone had to be courageous enough to say, I'm going to keep testing people. I'm going to try again. I'm going to test the 100th person, the, the five, you know, 500 people, whatever it is, to get a vaccine that works. And even though I may lose people, I'm going to keep trying. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is boldness in the midst of it. It is bravery against the odds. It is having all the emotions, but knowing that you are controlled by only one. When I think of my spouse having COVID, of course, there were levels of moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, my husband's got the pandemic, you know? And sure, those emotions are somewhere in there, you know, the, the worry and all that. But I was like, okay, so what can I do? I can't change emotions. What I can change is actions. And I can give him the absolute best that I possibly can with every resource I can get my little fingers on and give him hope. That's what I can do. That's how you're courageous. Do I like the idea of not being with my husband for two weeks? Absolutely not. But I'm going to be courageous. You know, it's times like this where I think back about being a military spouse. And I don't know if I ever shared this with you all, but um, my hubby was in the military um, for over a decade. And I got used to deployments. And if you're listening and you're military related, you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, how they're like, yep, you're going on deployment. And they keep changing the date. So you got to deal with your emotions like a yo-yo. Because you're like, they're leaving today. No, they're waiting two more days. No, they're going today. No, they're waiting another week. Up, oh, well, there's a plane. Up, oh, they got to do this. 
to the point where you, you almost start to settle and think, okay, they're not going. And then they're like, okay, we're going. And then they're just gone. They're just gone. And you have to very quickly decide how to be courageous because when you go to bed that night, they're not going to be there. When the bill collector comes, they're not going to be there. When emergencies happen, the, the stove catches fire or the flat tire goes out or whatever it is, you immediately have to channel that inner courage because you can't call them like you normally would and pick up the phone and say, honey, my tire went out. Come get me. You can't. So you got to put on, you know, I hate to put it, you know, put on your big girl panties and, and you know, figure it out. So, um, after going through several deployments, I learned real quick how to get courage. Now I had a little bit of an advantage because I grew up in a military family, so I was used to it, but I had to really learn it, you know, as a spouse, like, okay, there's no one here to change the diapers, clean the house, pay the bills, do the taxes, get the, you know, all this property, you know, card stuff and all that. No one else is here to do it, so I need to figure it out and get it done. And so I did. I needed groceries. I had to go get it done. Babies needed checkups and shots. I had to go get it done. You know, securing the house at night, that was me. I had to get it done. You know, and there were many nights where I went to sleep and I was afraid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I really wish he was here. You know, it, it's it's dark today. You know, I felt nervous today. I felt like maybe somebody could be lurking around the corner or whatever, you know, but I did, I couldn't afford to say, well, you know, I can't do this because you're not here. No, I need to grow up. I need to get it done. Now, let me balance that. Courage is not the absence of emotion and courage does not mean that you can't have feelings or that you shouldn't express them. That's what courage is not. You can express feelings and be courageous. So I made sure to have therapy during that time. I had, I keep therapists because um, life, I think, I think life should come with a mandatory therapist. The minute you're born, I think you should have one assigned to you because um, life is going to get you. And if you don't have somebody to help you make sense of it all, oh my goose. So here it was. I had my therapist. And I saw them every chance I could. I was like, hi. They're like, how are you doing? I'm a mess. What's wrong? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I haven't had any sleep. I've got two newborns in my house. I've got property taxes to do on the vehicles. I've got bills to pay. I got grocery shopping to do. Nobody's here to clean but me. I haven't done my nails in three months and my husband's in Japan. You know, like that's what I was dealing with. And I had the therapist so that I could give myself permission to be human. And I think it's really important for you to realize that as a courageous person, it's okay to be human. And in fact, I think you need to be human and allow yourself that that moment, that hour, whatever it is. Because if not, you can go bonkers. Um, you know, when I didn't have a therapist, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself. I was just bouncing around like a little robot, like, ha ah, I'm taking on the world. Now what are we going to do? You know, I didn't know what to do with myself. So... Having a therapist reminded me, okay, I'm human. I have feelings. It's okay to break down once in a while. It's okay to have a cry. It's okay to say this sucks. It's okay to say I'm having a rough day, a rough year, you know, whatever it is. It's okay to say that. 
But after you got it out, make a plan. And and I'm going to say this about courage, and I hope that I don't step on toes too much here. This is something that I learned probably when I was about eight, nine years old, maybe a little younger. No one's going to fight more for you than you. No one. No one can want you more than you. To be courageous, you have to understand that you are the strongest weapon that you will ever have. You, your willpower. It's the strongest thing you'll ever have. Sure, you can listen to a whole bunch of motivational speeches and surround yourself with family members to tell you how awesome you are. But at the end of the day, if you took all of that away, and I say that because there are times when you won't have it. There are times when you try to put on your motivational speech and all of a sudden your, you know, your, your, your web player skips or your, your CD isn't working or the DVR is not acting right or whatever. There are times when you call the family and all of them are busy and no one has a second for you. Those times are going to come. And when those times come, you've got to find what's going to pick you up. It's that inner reservoir inside of you that says, I can do this. No matter how hard it is, no matter how frightening it is, no matter how clueless I feel, I can take it. Whatever it is, I will not back down. I will not give up. I will not let this thing take me over. Find your willpower. And if you don't have that willpower, if you're thinking, I hear you, but I don't have it, I'm going to tell you what I did. And like I said, you try this for a month and then tell me how you feel afterwards. If you don't feel motivated after that, write me, send me a message or something. Love to talk with you. I will personally try my best to lift you up because I want you to know that you, you matter. I got a dry erase marker and I wrote it on my mirror. Every mirror I could find, every piece of glass. I wrote it on the windows of my house. I am important. I am strong. I'm courageous. I can do this. I put sticky notes all over my fridge, on my stove, on my kitchen cabinets. I, at one time, I literally took a sticky note with a safety pin and pinned it to my shirt so that I could not avoid it. And I just kept, and I mean, I'm doing this through tears, like, I'm worth it, you know, and I put it everywhere. Why? Because I was like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to fall into some mental trap and, and, and let the devil try to trick me into suicide or some craziness like that. I'm going to fight because no one else is going to fight for me to wake up tomorrow. No one. My husband, as much as he loves me, he can't make me want to live. Only I can. He can't make me be courageous. I have to make me courageous. I have to be brave enough to say, yes, I can. And I believe this is one of the reasons why the Bible matters so much is because God is telling us, yes, you can. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm with you. I'm coming back for you. He's trying to tell you, get up and fight. He's not saying, okay, you're not going to feel things. He's not saying adversity isn't going to happen. He said trials and tribulations will come. But fear not, because I have overcome the world. So you got to find that part within yourself. Find it, latch on to it. So tying it back to this COVID, you know, because like I said, my husband got diagnosed with COVID two days, uh, yesterday. Um... In the midst of that, you know, I wasn't feeling my best either. 
and I haven't been feeling my best today. Um, the fact that I'm on this uh, recording is a testament to, you know, me being courageous right now. So I need to be in bed. But tying it to that, I literally got up and I said, okay, we're going to make it. The first thing I told him, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. You're going to make it. I'm praying for you. I got all my prayer warriors praying for you. I'm going to give you every little thing that I possibly can. I will get, you know, I've got my hands on just about every medical thing you need. I, I got nebulizers. I got diffusers. I got Sudafed, Theraflu, um, temperature things, blood pressure cuffs, you know, EK, you know, heart monitors at home, whatever we need to get. I got it. We will live and not die. You will make it through and you fight. You fight for you. And I told, you know, and I tell my husband that, okay, hus hubby, get up and fight. I'm not feeling good. Get up anyway. Get up, eat. Get up, get this. I will bring the food to you. Don't make me come in there with my mask and gloves. I will come in there in a hazmat suit and make sure you live. You know, like he knows I'm going to fight for him. And then what's probably going to happen is after the two weeks are up, I'm going to have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> it may only last an hour, but it'll happen. But I'm going to do it anyway. And when I got up this morning and I said, you know, I don't feel well. You know, I woke up with chills and, you know, just feeling lethargic and, you know, just couldn't seem to, to move. I said, you know what? I'm going to move anyway. You know why? Because I'm going to show my kids how to be courageous. I'm going to show them how to not emotionally fall apart when chaos happens. So you got to treat the challenges that happen to you as something exciting. Not exciting as in great. <laughs> not exciting as in, oh, gee, I can't wait for that to happen. But exciting as in a sense of, oh, I'm about to become a better me. I'm about to become a stronger me. I'm about to become a smarter me. Because I'm going to learn something out of this. I'm either going to learn something or I'm going to discover that I've mastered it. One of the two things are going to happen. Either way, I'm going to turn out better when this is over. And you got to find it. Seek that opportunity. When I look at this, as much as it sucks, you know, because I'm just going to be real with you. It sucks. I do not like the fact that I am shivering in a sweater and pants and boots and a heater on and a blanket and I am chilly. Um, sipping on Theraflu like it is, you know, like it's Kool-Aid, you know. It do I like it? No. But I'm like, okay, what what's the opportunity? God, how can I work this out for our good? What do you want me to do in this, Lord? You're with me so I can do all things, including beat this darn virus. Of course I can. What else do I need to do, Lord? I'm already vaccinated. I got my booster shot. What else can I do? Rest fluids. Got it. Rest fluids. Positive attitude. Feed myself the word. Feed yourself. Feed yourself encouragement. I'm going to say this again. Courage does not mean you have all the answers or that you have all the resources either. It's okay to say, I'm lost. Help me. It's okay to say, point me in the right direction because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. It's okay to say, I need a hug. I need a kind word. 
I need someone to tell me that I matter. It's okay to say that. Courage does not mean that you don't need those things. Courage just means that even if I don't get those things, I'm still going to keep climbing this mountain until I reach the top. I will not stop because I'm not going to fall off this thing. That's not going to happen. I may be bleeding. I may be in pain. I may be sore. I may need some bandaging when I get up there. But doggone it, I'm going to climb this mountain and I'm going to get up there. Now, when I get up there, somebody please have an ambulance, you know, but I'm going to get up there. And you just got to tell yourself that whatever it is, I'm going to make it. So if you're, if you're listening and you've got a family member going through COVID right now, and I don't know your situation, I'm, I'm not at all saying that my situation's like everybody else's, because it's not. There are some people that they're like, they know they're on their last breath. I, I get that. There are some people that say there's no way they can quarantine. They have nowhere else to go. I get that. I know there are some people that say, I really wish that I didn't have to be around other family members because it could get them sick too, but they have no other option. I get that. There are some people that are like, I have absolutely no medical coverage. I couldn't go get stuff to help them if I wanted to in the natural. I get that. But what I'm saying is, be courageous in spite of that. There's always something that we're going to lack. Right. There's always I have been on every side of the fence. I've been on the side of the fence where you've had absolutely nothing, no income at all. And trying to stay alive and stay healthy. I've been on the side where I've got plenty of income. And still struggling to stay healthy. Um, I've been on the side of the fence where I had tons of support and when I've had zero support. And I'm telling you that courage is not limited to the resources in your hand. It has nothing to do with the resources in your hand. It has to do with the ultimate resource that you have, which is Jesus Christ, and he's got you. And that's what I remind myself. He's got my back. When I read that he died for me and he did all that and all these things that he died for, what I interpret that as in the Molly definition is he's got my back. So as long as he's got me, I'm good. So when I feel like I'm about to fall apart or I'm trying to be brave and courageous, but I'm terrified, I just remind myself, okay, he's got me. He's got me. I'm not alone. He's got me. I can make it through. He's got me. I don't like this, but he's got me. I don't know how I'm going to make it through, but he's got me, you know? And I also say this, being courageous means making some tough choices that you may not understand how it's going to work out until later. I'll let that be my last note on the, on the courage thing. Being courageous doesn't mean that you got it all figured out right now. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to take care of food and medical care for two separate houses on one income. That's a lot, you know? So I'm like, okay, he's got to have food. I got to have food. The kids got to have food. I have to be strong enough to feed them regardless of how I feel. Why? Cause I'm a mom. I'm a mom. It's my job. I, I don't get to say I don't get to be a mommy today. Why? Because I'm their mom. And they rely on me. And at the end of the day, no matter what they complain about, no matter how difficult your child may be, no matter how hard-headed they are or how they may rebel against you, at the end of the day, they're like, they're depending on you to make sure that there's a roof over their heads, to make sure that they have food to eat. And that goes... If it falls down, the first thing they're going to say is, hey, mom, why is there no power? 
Hey, mom, why don't we have food? Hey, mom, I'm cold. It has to get done. Now, I'll also say this. I'm going to give you some of my trips, uh, tricks of the trade for this COVID thing. And I say this because this is not my first time getting tested for it. Um, I have been tested multiple times. Um, and I, I just feel like I should end you with some resources, right? Because we can all get a motivational speech. But at the end of the day, we need some how-tos, right? What can I do today? What can I take away from this thing? So first things first. If you are a person who wants to get tested at home, because if you're like me, I don't want my babies having to go to anybody's clinic or drive through anything to get tested. I don't want anybody else shoving swabs up their nose. I'm like, if we're going to do the swab thing, we'll do it ourselves where we won't torture ourselves. Go to Pixel, P-I-X-E-L dot LabCore dot com. And they have at-home kits. They even have an at-home kit now for COVID-19 and the flu um, with one swab. And they will literally mail it to your house. No upfront costs. Even if you don't have insurance, they will send it to your house. It has all the instructions for you where you can take the test at home, put it back in the box. They even pay for the postage for it to be returned and even show you how you can get it picked up for free. So you don't even have to leave your mailbox pixel.labcore.com. Um, my other tips and tricks, tricks for the trade, cause we both have some, we, you know, combined, I won't say who has what, but I'll say we both have some incurable illnesses and compromised immune systems. And these are some things that we've gotten at home, um, that have helped us through the past couple tests. And I believe it's why we're doing okay today. Get a nebulizer. As you know, these hospitals are full. If you don't know what a nebulizer is, in a nutshell, it's just a, it's like an asthma machine. Um, asthma machine, CPAP, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can get one on Amazon. Yes, they have them. Um, some are like $300 or, you know, some vary. Um, get one and you're good to go. You can get 90% of these things they're giving you in the hospital. You can get on Amazon. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be in a hospital room to get the care you need. Um, we keep a nebulizer. We save, you know, if we don't need all the vials for the nebulizer, we save it in the event we need to take it again. Um, get you, um, there is a little heart monitor that you can get that you can actually put on your wrist that lets you know how your heart is beating. Um, they have those on Amazon where you literally just hold it on your wrist. And it'll tell you if your heart's beating kind of regularly. Oh, get yourself one of those um, um, O2, I think it's called an oximeter. And let's see if I can get you the exact title of this because I want to tell you the right thing. Um, yes, ox, oximeter on Amazon. It's what you see in the hospitals where they put the little thing on your finger and it tells your O2 stat and your pulse. You can get that for 20 bucks on Amazon today. Um, get you an, an oximeter that way you can see, and you can tell right off the bat, Hey, your oxygen's a little low. You know, you can see if your pulse is too high. There's an app on Android called my vitals, uh, my vitals. And what I love about this particular app is that you can add multiple people on it. It's a free app. 
and you can take everything from your blood pressure, your pulse, your um, your oxygen, your temperature, your weight, your blood glucose, and you can store it there and it literally keeps the history for months and months and months. So if you want to monitor yourself day to day and say, I just need to know how am I doing on this at home, you can do that for free using that app. Get a blood pressure cuff. Um, it helps. They have some for the wrist. Again, you can get these on Amazon very affordably. Um, get you a hydration uh, supplement. I like to use NUM, N-U-U-M. It is a hydration supplement that you can get on Amazon and you can literally drop it into your water and it hydrates your body a lot faster. What's happening with a lot of these people with COVID is they're trying to drink and when they do, they don't want to drink a whole lot, and so they're just not hydrating enough. Make your liquid work harder for you. Um, you know, drop it in there. You know, they have different flavors and stuff. It's almost like an Alka-Seltzer. And you're doubling your hydration just like that without even having to, you know, go into a hospital. Um, rest. <laughs> I'm just going to say this again. Rest. If you feel you need to rest, rest. For you that's listening and you're the hard-headed person who never sl slows down because you're like me and you're going 100 miles an hour every day, rest. Whatever you're dealing with, I promise you, it will carry on when you're not here. There's only one you. Stop and rest. Um, make sure that you do less. Do less physical labor. Um... This would be the time to not paint the garage. This would be the time to not um, organize the closet. If the house is a mess, leave it a mess. It'll be okay. And you're like, we don't want bugs. You'll be fine. Because if you're not alive to kill the bug, the bug is going to live in you. So let the house go. Um... And feed yourself the word. Feed yourself the word. Have something that motivates you. Surround yourself with things to encourage you. Um, because during the, you know, and, and I'm just saying this because they're not prescribing you anything when you get diagnosed with COVID. They're not saying, oh, you've got COVID. Here, take this, 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 this. There's nothing to do then. By then, they're like, nope, they're not, you can't even get the booster shot. They're like, nope, you already got it. It's not going to help. So, I don't know. I hope you feel better. Like, they have, there's there's nothing they're giving you. The biggest thing you need is oxygen. Rest. Um, get things that are easy, that don't require a lot of strength. Get things that fill, um, you know, get smoothies. Get things that are easy. Things that you can just sip. Um, that helped me a lot. Getting the soups with that you just sip through the little cup. That helped a lot. Um, the other thing I'll say is don't wait until you or someone you know is sick to start preparing. You know, the saddest thing that I keep seeing is people who they just wait. They're like, oh, we're fine. We didn't get sick. We don't have it. So we're just not going to worry about it. And then when it happens and they try to get stuff and they're like, there's nothing in the store now. 
well, yeah, because you waited like everybody else did. And now you got to fight the crowds because everybody's sick at the same time. Don't wait. Prepare ahead of time. You know, the Bible talks about a, a, a Proverbs 31 woman. You know, she has no fear of winter, you know, because her, you know, everyone in her house is clothed in scarlet. And, you know, she has no fear because she's prepared. Be prepared. Um, don't wait. My prayer is that none of you will ever, ever, ever experience COVID at all. I pray you have a healthy, long life. But should it occur, do not be at the last minute waiting like, oh, I should have did this. Yeah, you should have. And now we're, we're, we're praying that there's one available. It shouldn't take, you know, five miracles for you to live all the time. Sometimes you got to prepare when you think you don't need it. It's no different than a hurricane kit. You prepare not for, you know, um, not when it's coming, but if it comes. And you'd rather have more than enough than not enough. Um, Be encouraged. Be encouraged, my friends. Um, Like I said, if you are someone that you know is going through this COVID right now and you're like, I don't think they're going to make it, I'm praying comfort for you and your family and for all of your loved ones. Um, I pray that you all make it through, that you don't have this impact. Um, I'll be doing some more recordings just to keep you posted on this so that you know that we're okay. Um, but be encouraged. You're not alone. You can do this. I'm fighting for this. I'm fighting to live. My husband's fighting to live and we will make it and you can too. All right. Peace, um, and blessings to all of you. Take care.